0: This week in KMA land, Clarenda Leash Law clears second hurdle. Plaintiffs and Page County wind lawsuit react to judges' decision. Tax rollback bill puts Montgomery County budget in limbo. Red Oak Council hires new city clerk. Fire guts Essex House. And Mills County placed under burn ban. I'm Mike Peterson. Clarenda's amended leash law took another step forward this week. Meeting at regular session Wednesday, the Clarenda City Council unanimously approved the second reading of an ordinance amendment that would require dogs to either be in a fenced-in yard or a leash when not in a residence. The passage came after one resident spoke against the proposed changes. Dave Coots says the new ordinance punishes responsible dog owners in the community. I
1: understand the reasoning behind what you're doing because of the incidents that have happened but I think what you're doing is too restrictive to us that are responsible dog owners. I do not understand why I cannot have my dog in my yard with me in the evening when I sit in my yard, my dogs sit with me, we watch the world go by. During the day, my dogs are in a fenced in area. So at night, we go out to the front yard so they can see what's going on in the world.
0: Prior to the passage, Coots asked the council if they could include provisions to allow time and space for dogs to be off leash.
1: Is there some place in town where we can go take our dogs to let them run? Another idea I had was can we set a time like from sunrise for an hour and a half in the morning, the dogs can go out on the far side, on the east side, back there by the ball field, where I, that's where I do take my dogs. Could we put something in that so people know that, yes, there are going to be dogs out here from sunrise for an hour, an hour and a half that are not on a leash, just to give us a place to let the dogs run?
0: The tighter leash law proposal came after the first version of a leash law was defeated in January, which would have only required leashes when a dog was off the owner's property. The council opted for a stricter ordinance after hearing from residents about problems with the vicious dogs in the community. Coots questioned whether the stricter ordinance would have made a difference in those cases. No. Most
1: people evidently just let their dogs out. They're irresponsible owners. There's a difference between a responsible and irresponsible owner. My dogs are never outside my house without me with them. The only time my dogs actually are loose are in the evening when we sit in the front yard in the lawn chair, or when I take them, when I back my truck out of the garage in the morning, and load them in my pickup to take them out to the park to get their morning run. And when I do the same thing again, when I get home from work in the evening.
0: Following passage of the second reading, the ordinance amendment will head to a third reading and possible adoption to the council's next meeting later this month. Petitioners plan to appeal a federal judge's ruling in the case regarding wind energy in Page County. That's according to the petitioner's co-counsel, Sean Shearer and Theodore Spore, who say they, along with their clients, including a local citizens group, are preparing their appeal to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals after a federal judge in the Southern District of Iowa dismissed the case. Shearer tells KMA News they respectfully disagree with the conclusions drawn by the judge. We
1: believe there are some legal and, and, some, and some factual errors that, uh, if resolved differently, um, would be would send us back to continue the proceedings you know send us back either to the uh, federal court or possibly back to the state court I mean we'll see but we we believe that um, there, there are grounds upon which uh, an appeal is is
0: justified. The order to dismiss followed a hearing January 6th and with the judge reviewed several motions including the petitioner's motion to remand back to state court and for a temporary restraining order on the county's board of supervisors along with the intervener Shenandoah Hills Wind Project and the defendant's motions to dismiss. The case was removed to federal court by the defendants, including Page County, in October after the petitioners initially filed their over 100-page petition in state district court back in September. However, Spore says the defendants have yet to specify whether the allegations were true or false, primarily regarding openness from county officials and adherence to Iowa state laws, which they hope to get from the appeals court. Why
1: these actions were taken, why home rule was not followed, uh, why are they proposing uh, agreements that are inconsistent with their with the ordinance, with the flawed ordinance that uh, we were confronted? And at the end of the day, uh, we'd like to know how this wind ordinance came to come, came into being in the way and the manner in which it came into being, all of which seemed illegal under Iowa State law.
0: Shearer says they were somewhat perplexed by the defendant's decision to file removal to federal court. Thus, he believes the decision was simply to continue avoiding the allegations. The, the
1: removal was designed to avoid answering the questions that would, and, and allegations that were in the petition. Um, and, and it has been avoiding answering the questions for three years and, and we're going to continue to ask for
0: answers to those questions. Petitioners have 30 days from the ruling, which was January 31st, to submit their appeal. KMA News reached out to lawyers with others and Cooney for a response to the verdict. Page County officials are exploring options for employee insurance rates. Meeting a regular session Tuesday morning, the county's Board of Supervisors continued its discussion over the fiscal year 2024 budget, which begins July 1st. While most department budget discussions are passed, Supervisor Jacob Holmes says he received an email inquiry from another insurance company regarding the county's employee health insurance
1: another insurance company wanting to bid or health insurance. I can't, it sounds like I can't, but it's a Herald. Just somebody else wanting to bid on it. Might be for next year, then I don't know, I have some information
2: on that.
0: Currently, the county utilizes an insurance plan through the Iowa State Association of Counties Group Health Program and recently switched its plan to help soften the blow of an anticipated 15% increase in insurance costs. Page County is one of 26 counties in the state utilizing the group program. However, County Auditor Melissa Wellhausen urged some caution in seeking other insurance providers and getting back into ISAC's program could be costly. They got out of ISAC and then
2: they yes. ended up paying significant and um, we've just found that with being with, because I think we're over 22 or 24 counties, we've just found that consistently that our rates have been. Uh, and we've had other counties that've chosen to leave by exec, and then and then try to they come back. Promised a huge decrease, <laughs> in they get that person, and then the actually they jump 30, 40 percent, and
0: so. Supervisor Judy Clark also concurred with Wellhausen saying ISAC typically is good about keeping insurance rates as low as possible. However, Holmes says it would be good to at least entertain other proposals given that over 70 different counties aren't a part of the ISAC program. Montgomery County officials were among those casting a leery eye at the statehouse. Recently, the Iowa Senate approved Senate File 181, a bill that would correct an error in computations in the state's property tax rollback during the 2021 fiscal year, in which property owners paid more taxes than they should have. Though the correction is expected to reduce property tax revenues up to $133 million, the move comes as local cities, counties, and school districts are formulating budgets for the 2024 fiscal year. Now, during Tuesday morning's Montgomery County Board of Supervisors meeting, Supervisors Chair Mike Olson says the change means an average loss of 20 dollars $500 to county budgets. Olson says the action at the state house has put the county's budget process in limbo. One thing
2: that I will point out is that the state has a fund just for this type of, of error. Since the, the counties benefited from this error, they think we ought to be punished for this error <laughs> so that we are going to have to pay for this error.
0: Olson says he doesn't feel local government should pay for a mistake at the state level. Regardless, Olson says the move may force the county to recalculate its budget before the March 31st certification deadline. Contrary sure
2: to, to the belief in Des Moines, this is going to be quite an undertaking if we have to go back through all this entire thing and re, re, recalculate all these numbers because we've lost 1% of our if it's one or two percent of our valuations, that's going to be catastrophic but it's not because they said $2,500 so and if it's $2,500 we can take that out of our ending fund balance as far as that goes but if it gets up into the into five tens of thousands then we're going to have to go back to the drawing board right so let's hope
0: Olson says the county's budget process is on hold until the issue is resolved Red Oak officials didn't have to go very far to fill a vacant city position. Meeting in regular session Monday night, the Red Oak City Council unanimously approved hiring Christy Vanderholm as the new city clerk, including a $52,000 salary. Vanderholm succeeds interim city clerk Al Vacanti who filled the gap after the retirement of longtime city clerk Mary Bolton late last year. Vanderholm has worked with the city for the past eight and a half years, most recently as the accounts payable clerk and also received her master's in education. Vanderholm tells KMA News she's excited to jump into the new role.
1: It is going to be a big task, and until we get somebody covered in for my present job, which is the the accounts payable, accounts receivable thing, I'll be doing both. And then when we do hire somebody in, then I've got to train that person too. So I'm still going to be uh, juggling both jobs. And then also I want to learn about the budget because that's part of my job too. So, lots of work kind of thing, but I knew this going in.
0: Vanderholm's hiring came at the recommendation of Mayor Shana Silvius and also the city's hiring committee, including Councilmembers Scott Keith and Brian Bills. Firefighters had their hands full battling a major fire in Essex last weekend. Essex Fire Chief Todd Franks told KMA News his department was dispatched shortly before 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon to 602 North Avenue in Essex a report came in from the Shenandoah Police Department of heavy smoke rolling from the property's residential structure. He
2: said the backside of the house was fully engulfed. When fire crews got, when we got there, we attacked the backside of the house, called mutual aid from Shenandoah to help us. The whole entire backside of the house was pretty much burnt, which caused the grass to Catch on fire. Franks'
0: crews were on the scene for about four hours battling the blaze, which was determined to have started in the back porch and then spread to the kitchen. While well, the worst damage was somewhat contained to half of the modular home, the fire chief says the structure was considered a total loss. It
2: cut a hole right through the almost the center of the house. There's smoke and water damage. The west end of the house has smoke damage, but the east end, the garage is gone, and the one-bedroom. And part of the living room or the kitchen is gone.
0: While well, the house suffered significant damage, Frank says no one was injured. An investigation determined an electrical issue in the back porch sparked the fire. Well, Mills County firefighters have had their hands full with brush fires recently. That's why Mills County Emergency Management implemented a burn ban effective at four o'clock Monday morning. The ban prohibits open burning throughout the county, effective within all city limits. Mills County EMA Director Gabe Barney told KMA News the decision comes after speaking with various fire chiefs throughout the county who reported 15 grass fires through the past week.
1: A few large ones that required, you know, a lot of mutual aid going out to them. And uh, a lot of those were done through uh, controlled burns that weren't uh, submitted up to the comm center and uh, that started to make a pretty big strain on the fire departments around here. So um, we thought implementing it for preventative purposes if you can stop one, that's even a good deal.
0: While open burning is banned, those wishing to do so can still obtain a permit through their local fire chief, allowing them to conduct the burn if the chief believes conditions are safe to do so. While January was wetter than expected, Barney says conditions have started to dry up in the past couple of weeks. Additionally, windy conditions could make the situation more prime for brush or grass fires. We
1: really want to get in place before uh, today because today's going to be a windy one, um, so, you know, yeah, I control pretty fast, especially, you might see a little bit of dew, it's a little bit humid out, but once those winds start going, it gets a little bit dry, that dries out quick, and, uh, and a lot of times, you know, sometimes people think snow might be able to help out a decent amount with, you know, drought and burn conditions, but that's not always the case, so it's, uh, it dries up pretty quick, so we're expecting a windier day a few Ones throughout the week.
0: According to the state fire marshal's website, Mills County is currently the only county with an active burn ban. The move also comes after a ban was recently lifted in December. Plans for a carbon dioxide pipeline project across a good portion of Iowa reached a significant milestone this week. Officials with Summit Carbon Solutions said 1,050 landowners across 29 Iowa counties signed 1,840 easement agreements with the company. That represents two-thirds of the land necessary to construct the proposed Midwest Express Carbon Pipeline across more than 700 miles through the western portion of the state. Jesse Harris is the company's public affairs director. Harris tells KMA News the milestone is a reflection that landowners see the project as a way to bolster the ethanol industry and the rural economy. We
1: have 12 uh, ethanol plants here in the state of Iowa that are our partners who have signed long-term off-tick agreements. Our project would allow these partners to sell their product at a pre- premium in low carbon fuel markets like canada california oregon washington and this is a significant economic opportunity for ethanol producers and actually i'll take it one step further and say that the viability of the ethanol industry five ten Fifteen, twenty years down the road is really dependent on on the ability to access these markets.
0: And Given Green Plains, Shenandoah facility is among the ethanol plants connected to the proposed carbon capture project. This latest announcement comes as discussion over eminent domain restrictions continue in the Iowa legislature. Harris says his company continues to monitor developments at the statehouse and are talking to landowners and other stakeholders about the project. I think
1: one of the things that we want to underscore with, with legislators is that you know we feel like the regulatory process here in the state of Iowa is working. The fact that we're at 67% of the route secured with voluntary easement agreements, I think it's a reflection that landowners really are embracing this project and we've done so and we've accomplished that goal without using eminent domain right now.
0: Local residents concerned about the pipeline safety continue to press for stricter regulations among individual counties. For example, Montgomery County's Board of Supervisors recently received a proposed pipeline ordinance and report from the county's Planning and Zoning Commission. This follows the recent passage of pipeline regulations in Shelby County. Discussions on similar pipeline laws continue in Page County. Harris, however, maintains strict regulations on pipelines are already in place. The Iowa Utilities Board has yet to set a hearing on the project's permit application, which Summit officials filed last year. Members of Iowa's congressional delegation are calling on President Biden to shore up immigration policies, following a recent trip to California and Mexico. Iowa Senator Joni Ernst, Congressman Randy Feenstra, and Congressman Marionette Miller-Meeks discussed last week's visit to the U.S.-Mexican border in Mexico in a conference call with reporters Tuesday morning. Ernst says the delegation's first stop was at the border San Diego sector, where members of the National Border Patrol Council outlined the difficulties border agents are facing in controlling illegal immigration and other problems. Ernst also discussed issues regarding fentanyl muggled across the border in out-of-date surveillance technology. The Red Oak Republican accused California Governor Gavin Newsom and Democratic state leadership for criminalizing state and local assistance on immigration matters and she called on the Biden administration to adopt a clear policy on immigration. And we
1: say that the Biden administration is failing the American people. The policies along with those of the extreme left in California have incentivized a greater flow of illegal immigration, human smuggling,
2: and lethal
0: drugs. Specifically, Ernst proposes improved relations with Mexico the creation of an interagency task force in Mexico to deter the flow of drugs and increase canine units along the U.S.-Mexican border. While in Mexico City, Miller Meeks says the contingent conducted classified briefings with numerous federal agencies regarding border security and other immigration issues. You know,
1: Mexico is a willing partner. They're capable. There are some things that we can uh, do, uh, perhaps in technology, to help them. Uh, they have concerns about arms uh, that... Uh, Uh, that get into the hands of uh, cartels. We have concerns about uh, drug uh, trafficking and human smuggling, and then also the other uh, horrific uh, things that go along with human smuggling, uh, which is sex trafficking and, you know, uh, unaccompanied minors coming into the United States. The
0: Iowa congressional trip to Southern California and Mexico took place prior to President Biden's State of the Union address Tuesday night. Speaking of the State of the Union address, a native of Afghanistan was among those witnessing that address Tuesday night, Nabi Mohammadi, an Afghan refugee, now a U.S. citizen, attended the president's speech before a joint session of Congress as Iowa Congressman Zach Nunn's guest. Nunn told KMA News Mohammadi served as a translator for the U.S. Army and Iowa National Guard during deployments in 2010 and 11. At times, Nunn says Mohammadi found himself in danger. During that
1: time that he was out in the field, he was injured twice uh, by a roadside bomb. He spent 10 months in recovery in an Afghan hospital, and after that, he was still one of the first to volunteer to say he wanted to go back out, help defend his family, his country, and in this case, the Iowa National Guard, as they did their tour in Afghanistan.
0: Mohamedy and his immediate family later migrated to the U.S. and now live in Des Moines, where he works with the principal financial group. Mahabadi later assisted Nunn with Task Force Argo, a private organization rescuing more than 3,000 Americans, Afghan allies, and family members still in Afghanistan. While saying he's living the American dream, Mahabadi says other Afghans, including members of his extended family, are still living in fear in his home country. They
1: feel abandoned. Uh, like for, for my own family member, extended family member, right now I cannot do anything other than tell them like they need to hide and that's what they have been doing and and i don't know how long we will continue doing that and that's again that's not just a story of my family when it's the story of all those who work with Americans and
0: are now trying to get out of Afghanistan. Mohammed says he hopes the U.S. helps other Afghans still in the country and wanting to escape to the U.S. Nunn, a former member of the U.S. Air Force and Iowa National Guard, accuses the Biden administration of forgetting about Afghans following the withdrawal of U.S. troops in the country in 2021. That wraps up This Week in KMA Land. Be listening each week at this time for This Week in KMA Land. And for more information all the time, log on to KMALand.com. You can also hear this program in its entirety. For the entire KMA News team, this is Mike Peterson. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend.